Yeah, 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 Okay, so what is today's topic? You got a topic pulled up? I thought you had the topic already. Yo, everybody that listens to these podcasts, she breathes so fucking heavy because she's pregnant right now and she's about to have this fucking baby. But mm-hmm. before long, she's not going to breathe so hard. Move the mic away from your face. Yeah, a little bit more than that even. You got those nostrils that aim it forward. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, today, we've got podcast top podcasts topics for you. Yo. Oh, yeah. All right. So, today's episode is... What was that? It's... I was saluting. You definitely just did a Nazi salute. No, it was... No. Uh-uh. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, today's episode is Corbin versus the world is canceled. No more episodes. And now it's going to be, uh, podcasts and I have to come up with a new name for my solo project. And do you want to know why it got canceled? Why? Because there's already a podcast out there named Corbin versus the world. Is there really? And he's basically exactly like me. So it's like, well, fuck, I can't use the exact same name as him. That's shitty. I mean, he's not just like me. He's like, you know, like me, like whenever I was like early in college. But like, he's a lot like me. If y'all are listening to this, I'm, I know this sounds like it's just a conversation between the podcasts, but y'all are involved too. If you want to, go give him a subscription because he seems like a cool cat. Well, hey, there you go. Yeah. But no more Corbin versus the world. It's canceled. Also, I was getting a lot of angry messages. It feels like every episode I was getting an angry message about. Maybe we should say Corbin loves the world. You think that would be a good podcast? Put some I don't think that would sarcasm be a good one. in it. Yeah, I don't think that'd be a good one. <laughs> we're, we're thinking about doing an anonymous podcast. But having said that, it makes it not anonymous if I say it what it is, so. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's our podcast topics other than me being canceled? I didn't know if you wanted to talk about what happened the other day in the parking lot. Oh, yo. Okay, yeah, let's talk about it. Do you want to give, yeah, you give the setup for it. So I had just worked a 10-hour shift. I was 37 weeks pregnant when it happened last week. Mm-hmm. We were, uh, Corbin had come to pick me up for the day from work. He walked inside, did some shopping with me real quick. We were walking out to the car, but we had parked kind of catty corner from the entrance. So we had to walk angled a little bit just to take the shortest route because I'm fucking huge right now and it's uncomfortable to walk, right? So this, uh, okay, that's the setting. That's the setup if you want to explain what happened. So walking a little bit in the middle of the road, but it's a parking lot. We're pedestrians. We were crossing the road. It was just taking us. Linda's exhausted. She's tired. I'm coming to pick her up from this shift. It's her second to last shift before she's done for her maternity leave. So I'm a little bit amped up. I'm also one of those people that kind of meets people how they meet me. If you meet me with kindness, I tend to meet you with kindness. Sometimes I'll break that, but it's a very rare occasion. So on this particular day... I'm just kind of stressed because I want her to be done with this. She works in that position where people yell at her at the front about masks. They like, whenever 
she works at Target, and whenever people come in, you have to have somebody that you get to yell at about masks, and that's my wife. And so she's been dealing with that this entire time. And so I'm just ready for her to be done with it. And so we're walking, we're walking, and we're getting ready to get in the car, and she gets honked at. And it's an aggressive honk. It's one of those honks that lasts for like three seconds, four seconds, you know? Like they hammer in on that horn, and they're right next to us. Now, I understand. I don't immediately respond happy or anything like that. But this woman speeds up and drives off. Like speeds around us. Makes a big loop. And from whenever she's coming back around, she rolls down her window and she's yelling at me from a distance. So I start yelling at her from a distance. And we're just yelling at each other and she drives by and she's just saying, you can't be walking across the street. And it's right in front of Target where you're supposed to be walking across the street. So what'd she say? Yeah. She said... I understand that she's pregnant, sweetheart, but you guys can't be walking in the middle of the street. Yeah, it was the... Like we were in a street. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then, so I'm upset. I tell Linda, go get in the car. I don't want... I don't want anybody around. (laughs) I just went and got in the car. Yeah. I know better than to do anything else. Anyways. So, all of that right there that we were talking about, that you were complaining about, was identity politics. <laughs> Are you upset about that? I don't... Explain to me. What we're talking about is what's happening with us within the political realm and our personal, personal anecdotal evidence, right? Right. And that is our identity politics. That is what our identity plays within our political perspective. So whenever people are saying identity politics, that's the type of stuff they're talking about. It's like if you're black and you have experiences because you're black, that's your identity politics that leads you to the Democrat or Republican Party. Let's say you're one of those dudes that's, you know, I have all my family votes Democrat, and so I'm voting Republican, and that's part of my identity politics you know it's but what would that situation have anything to do with my political affiliation i'm just talking about the fact that you're one of the people that was a masker and the fact that it was just these raised tensions on my end okay i was bringing my identity politics into it and i'm trying to blame you for doing that that's (laughs) part of what identity politics is okay okay um so the republican strategy for this republican pundits what they do is they go your identity politics don't matter ever, never. We're all equal. Our identity politics never matter. Even in history, historically, we were identically the same. Didn't matter. And, and they're kind of that, okay, stop now. Okay, stop now. Okay, stop now. And it's like uh, after the you know liberal rights uh, movements of like the 1960s and like getting like, uh, or the civil rights movements, I'm sorry, liberal rights, uh, civil rights movements of the 1960s. Uh, they're like, okay, stop now. And it's like, after segregation, uh, stop now. You know, like, it's like, you know, that's always kind of that party's uh, perspective. It's like, gay marriage, okay, stop now. You know, mm-hmm. and, uh, <laughs> and then there's the Democrat Party, which is like, black lives matter. You know, you, black lives matter, you racist. And <laughs> it's, it goes into that, like, 
you're a racist and you're a fascist and let me apply every label to you that I possibly can. And uh, and then I'm going to cancel you for doing being all those labels that I apply to you, you know? It's, <laughs> uh, it's funny. And then there's the libertarian Dungeons and Dragons players that are out there that are just like, I'm against society taxing me for anything. And so if your laws apply to me, then that is illegal under my oath. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to start my own castle, which makes it almost impossible for anyone to get in or out. And I'm not going to pay anybody anything that because I don't have to because there's no laws. <laughs> and also it puts the lotion on the skin. <laughs> you know, and then, and then also I'm going to charge people a small fee to live in my castle. It's like, is it, isn't that taxes, bro? <laughs> you know, it's like, no, no, it's not taxes because I've got myself a militia. And it's like, whoa, whoa, that's exactly <laughs> what that shit is, you know? It's, it's like, I don't know. It's a weird world right now where everybody's got their own fucking solution. And it's like, a, I don't know, like, or like I how people will go, you can't vote for the lesser of two evils. Like, that's the worst thing. And it's like, what are all decisions then? What Like, am I going to eat now or eat later? Like, that's choosing the lesser of two evils. Should I eat food or should I not eat food? Like, well, the lesser of those two evils is eat food so I survive. You know, like, it's like a, I don't know, like, you, you don't vote because, like, I won't vote because I don't want to choose the lesser of two evils. It's like, you're choosing the lesser of two evils in everything that you possibly do. Like everything. And I know it seems like me being hypercritical and a hypocrite because I don't vote. Um, and I'm allowed to vote. It's not like I got, you know, a criminal history or anything like that that keeps me from voting. It's just the fact that it's like I've got a, my own series of beliefs that keep me from wanting to engage in loyalty to a party or to a politician or to any just theory. I'm, I'm more loyal to good ideas than I am anything. And so it's funny that there's these people that are like, well, I'm not loyal to any ideas. And it's like, well, you can't do that. <laughs> you know, like, you, yeah, you know, I don't know. It's like we, we've talked about this before, that idea of how they, they, it, they want you to be registered as the party that you're going to vote, you know, two years before you vote, you know, and it's like. That doesn't allow me to make proper decisions. Yeah. It really doesn't. It, it forces me to hitch my horse to this wagon, and, and now we're, we're going this way. Right. You know? um, I've got a friend that's trying to talk to me about what's going on in the Middle East and talking about uh, a lot of stuff that's going on with uh, the UAE, Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. um, and the Crown Prince. And it feels like just every time that the UAE or he comes up in in the public sphere that he's getting good PR from places that you would hope that he wasn't getting good PR from, considering the fact that he killed Jamal Khashoggi. Actually, all right, I guess I need to go more into the context of that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Definitely. What do you know about this? You want to ask me questions? Do you know who Jamal Khashoggi is? Don't shake your no. head. You gotta say this stuff out loud. People, <laughs> people on the on the radio sphere don't know what we's talking about. Okay, Jamal Khashoggi, Khashoggi, Jamal Khashoggi. I stay away from sad this. news things right now. Yeah, I get it. Okay, Jamal Khashoggi, Khashoggi, is a journalist. He's a Saudi journalist that was reporting on the practices of 
the Saudi government. And he fled on his own will to Istanbul. And this was, I don't know, a few years back. But he fled to Istanbul, and whenever he was in Istanbul, he went to the Saudi, uh, what is that, uh, the... Like the embassy, the Saudi embassy, mm-hmm. and whenever he was in the Saudi embassy, he was murdered, right? Gotcha. Wow. Yeah. Um. His fiance was waiting outside for him whenever he went inside, and, and this she, was recent. Yeah, this was fairly recent. Uh, this okay. was during the Obama uh, years. So. Gotcha. So, during that um, transaction of him going inside and his wife waiting outside, there's video evidence of him being killed. Not necessarily him, or not video, uh, audio evidence of him being... Man, I'm making this seem terrible. There's audio evidence of him being killed in the embassy as far as somebody saying it's the Saudi prince, the Saudi crown prince's right-hand man who's saying the deed is done, tell your boss. And it's there's like photos of the Saudi prince's right-hand man being at the embassy, the Saudi prince's right-hand man being... And this is the... Which embassy is this? This is in the Saudi embassy in Istanbul. Gotcha. Wow. Yeah, it's kind of a crazy circumstance of... Basically, within Islam, there's three different versions uh, that are the major factions. And you say it's the Sunni, the Shia, and the Sufi. The Shia are uh, more liberal uh, Muslims. They're, I mean, if you're likely to meet somebody in modern culture that's out just about and you're talking to, they're either a Sufi or a Shia most likely. Sufi tend to be more on uh, a mysticism type of a... I don't know. There's kind of an interesting, weird realm of what they believe. In, but it's still grouped with... Not necessarily targeting you as the enemy. The Sunni are more associated with the radicalized version of Islam that you're you've been told about. Al Qaeda, ISIS, um, places like Iran are filled with Sunni uh, extremists more often. Um, so, just in general, that's those groupings are worth knowing to be able to know who is somebody that wants to kill you versus somebody who honestly is an enemy of those people. The mm-hmm. the Sunni attack the Shia and the Sufi. There's infighting a lot in there, right. but it's not necessarily blame both sides. It's uh, one side is much more radicalized. Like whenever you talk about conservative versus liberal in religion in general or society in general, we're talking about people that are more get back to your religion versus people that are, you know, let women wear skirts and stuff like that, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I don't know. There's a this idea of if... Okay, so like something that I was saying is the Crown Prince allowed women to get driver's licenses not, recent, uh, not too recently, like, and it made everybody think that he was this super progressive... Uh, you know, just a, a, a wonderful guy compared to the rest of the Islamic world because that's what propaganda does. That's what the propaganda machine was meant to do. He has got you in his pocket whenever you're sitting there believing that because what he's underneath that facade of progressive uh, intentions is him arresting dissidents and killing po- uh, political enemies that aren't doing anything other than reporting on what he's doing, how he could be funding people. Like, one of the big 
theories behind the crown prince is that he and his family funded the same people that did 9-11. And that's a big accusation, but there's a lot of reason to believe that because the biggest reason that he has so much money is because of the 1950s Saudi oil boom. Mm -hmm. And that Saudi oil boom changed them from being this Westboro Baptist type of small faction of what Christianity was to being if they found like if the Westboro Baptists found oil in their backyard and they became the most well-funded, you know, small church in America, well they're probably going to have enough money to start buying votes, to start buying people into their religion and it's it it's way easier to convert people whenever you have money like that versus mm-hmm. being a non-funded religion that's, you know, out stand, or standing out on the sidewalk just casting spells on people like that's not as effective as having a big shiny temple and having you know priests that look awesome and wearing these extravagant gowns so it's that that saudi oil boom allowed his family to take as much power as they did and for them to grow their country like they have mm-hmm. uh to where, I mean, even now you see the UFC went there during COVID, which is, I, I've been arguing this a lot on Facebook, which is how are people as riled up about the NFL being a problem and people kneeling and stuff like that on not supporting the troops whenever we're, we're supporting one of our American businesses going to a country that is very specifically tied to a family like the country's government is run by the saudi or by the crown prince's family that's that it's you know if he's the president over there is the best way to think of that he's the one that's in charge of how everything is run but if we're sending this american company over there to go mess with this 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 country that's associated with 9-11 associated with these repressive regimes and we're giving them pr to go look at how how nice this stuff is you know they're probably pretty cool like they're probably more diplomatic than like more i don't know just in general cool people than i thought they were they probably don't kill american soldiers they probably don't do any of that stuff and it's like just because they're not doing it right here doesn't mean that they're not the same people funding that over there. So, for example, Iran and Iraq don't get along. Um, And there's a lot of ties between Iran and Saudi Arabia. So the infighting between Iraq and Iran is funded by Saudi Arabia. Right. So... Whenever we say things like there's weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, whenever in reality it's a Wahhabi group that's also tied to Iran and also tied to uh, Saudi Arabia and the Crown Prince's family, and we go and invade Iraq and, and take all the resources that we possibly can from Iraq, then we're doing our enemy's bidding, which is we're even if we're killing... Al-Qaeda in Iraq, what we're doing is we're occupying the land of our enemy. So there's a level of a, yes, we need to take out extremists, but also we need to be able to understand what it is that we're doing in these different areas. More than just saying all Muslims are bad. 
that's what the problem with people like Sam Harris is, which is he'll just get on and, and he'll stoke this idea that, oh yeah, all Muslims are bad, whenever in reality there's the thing it's not the people that you think that are bad there's a lot of people that are like the sufi that i was talking about Mm -hmm. a lot of people in american prisons now are are converted in their in their prison stay and during that prison stay they end up converting to being maybe one of the sufi which believes in this mysticism like i was talking about and so they might be more violent based on this idea that they've got in their head of this magical perception of I can kill this guy or maybe if I do this it'll get me out whereas if you're in prison and you're imprisoned with a Sunni a Sunni is more likely to be peaceful even though they're an extremist because what they're trying to do is gather people onto their side and through their side is saying hey we gather together and and we're gonna do it peacefully but in the end we're getting where we want to so it's way easier to it's like I was talking about liberal versus conservative if you're in prison it's more likely even if you've been within prison in religion it's more likely that if you're a liberal prisoner that you're gonna be somebody that's acting crazy and and trying to ex- just react versus conservative religious type of prisoners that are that are Muslim which are are more held back and that resigned to what their beliefs are so if it's an extremist belief then they're more trying to propagandize to the other people around them to be more extreme like we are so for example al-baghdadi the guy that uh was killed at the beginning of this year that Mm -hmm. i might even have some weird ties to in that weird sphere of the world um al-baghdadi was more of a religious leader than he was a an extremist as far as telling people to go murder everyone. He was somebody that people describe as being quiet and devoutly religious. I mean, uh, spent a lot of time reading the Quran and determining what society's uh, what he thought society should be like based on the Quran's teachings. So it's basically if you made a preacher the leader of the army you know the mm-hmm. muslim army so uh so whenever we say that oh we killed the head of isis it's kind of like yeah we killed the religious leader but they have a thousand other religious leaders that are just like that that are sitting there reading the quran and saying that we're we've taken them out they're done whenever they're still receiving funding whenever they're still being built up from another place that's saying, hey, I'm going to just keep giving you money to build another church. It's it's not that you're creating a vacuum there by not figuring out what it is that funding is. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's just kind of a weird level of people are... Oh, not just that. Okay, so whenever we do go invade places like... Iraq, and we do make the misconception of all Muslims are evil. What we're doing is we're allowing people that are that think that all Muslims are evil to do what their bidding is. So that means if you're one of these people that says like, let's say you're the Sunni, the extremist. Well, 
in your head, it honestly makes sense for you to try and get Americans to think that all Muslims are evil because you want everyone other than yourself fighting. Mm -hmm. And that is how you play into their cards. That's how you end up invading Iraq whenever instead you should be paying attention to the people that funded 9-11. Like whenever they said there was weapons of mass destruction, that was kind of a weird deceptive statement because weapons of mass destruction could mean anything from uh, a dude with a bunch of spray paint cans or a car. A car is a weapon of mass destruction. You see how people run a car into rallies and stuff like that. It's, that is a very deceptive language. Whenever they said nuclear weapons and then we couldn't find any nuclear weapons, but that's what justified us going over to Iraq. If you go back, you ask all these people that were there, that were in that time, it wasn't just 9-11. It was that Iraq had nuclear weapons and we were gonna go get them from Saddam and we didn't find nuclear weapons. That's been the podcast. For anyone still listening, I ended up finding that woman in the car and I ended up yelling at her and she got scared and got out of her car and then she thought that I was going to call the cops on her and I was like, you think I'm filming for the cops? I'm filming your license plate for my own personal information. I'm going to go pay the cops to tell me who you are. No, I'm not actually going to do that, but that's what I told her.